everyone, and welcome to another episode of Just Us Dads. Uh, thank you for joining another Dadversation. We have an amazing episode today with uh, with a superstar guest. But before we get to him, uh, before we get to him, uh, we have some super uh, cool announcements that we're going to make. Um, first and foremost, don't know if anyone has seen the post that we put up. We are going weekly. So every single week, we're going to be um, giving you guys amazing episodes. They're going to be every Friday like usual. So we're excited about that. We hope that you will be excited about that as well. Um, one other thing, uh, we have gotten some messages. There seems to be some confusion between Facebook and YouTube. So we're going to make it simple for everybody. As of this video today, all our videos, our full videos will be broadcasted only on YouTube. Uh, every Friday morning. So we're keeping the Friday morning slot and all the videos will be shown on YouTube. So if you want, you can go over to our YouTube page, subscribe, turn on the notification so that you can be aware every time something up, uh, something goes up. Um, for all the Facebook enthusiasts, of course, we will still continue to uh, share content on our Facebook page. Uh, we'll be preparing some shorter clips of all our episodes that you'll be able to get on that page as well. So go on to our Facebook page, like, uh, like our page, turn on the notifications as well. So we will be continuing to uh, share uh, awesome little content with you on that page. Now, don't forget as well that we are on a bunch of other social media and audio platforms. Uh, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on all the other audio uh, platforms that you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and everywhere else you get your, uh, your, uh, your podcast. So if you want more information on that, you can go on our website, justusdads.ca. Uh, all the links are there. One more thing, we are discussing with the guys to uh, produce some merchandise. So I don't know what you guys think about that. Let us know if you'd like to wear some uh, awesome looking Just Us Dads clothing and accessories. So we're thinking, uh, you know, different ideas uh, that we can uh, make for all of you guys. So, you know, caps, uh, T-shirts, mugs, whatever it is. So we're looking into that sort of thing. Let us know if you uh, would appreciate something like that. Uh, and that's pretty much it, man, for our announcements. Um, we have an amazing guest today. I had the privilege of having him on my other podcast. Everyone pretty much knows this guy, uh, Nick Drosos. Um, uh, tell us a little bit who you are. I don't want to do the intro uh, by myself, Nick. Uh, just very quickly, uh, give us a little brief spiel. Yes, George, guys, thank you for having me on the show. Excited about this, just as dads. And I got my shirt off because I'm nice and comfortable. I, I was going to warn everyone that that's not really a shirt. <laughs> it, it's not a skin-tight shirt that you're wearing there. That's, a, that's your birthday suit right there. That's right. So, um, so overall, just to make it quick, I'm a fitness and self-defense trainer. I've been doing this for close to 20 years. I've uh, been an entrepreneur for the last 10 years. I'm a dad. Uh, businessman, just pretty much all of that together. So it's um, pretty much it. Yeah, we're super excited to have you on. We're talking about the guys, uh, to, uh, you know, about people that we can bring on the show that can bring some uh, amazing value to the listeners. And obviously, uh, I've been following you for a long time. So as Chris uh, and George as well, uh, you do have a pretty huge YouTube channel. You have over 500,000 subscribers. You have over 100 million views. Um, and you're a local guy, man, from here, from Montreal. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're excited to have you on because you have uh, a situation that I think would pretty much inspire a lot of uh, guys, first of all, and mostly dads that are listening to the, to the show. So we're excited to have you, man. 
cool guys. Thank you so much yeah. for having me on. You know, we nice to have you, Nick. Wait, one question before yeah. we get further in. Uh, uh, are you wearing pants? <laughs> Don't show us. No. <laughs> Commando, <laughs> baby, commando, just for you, just for you guys. Perfect, uh, perfect. My, my son walks in, so careful. <laughs> Tell your son, you're talking with a bodybuilder. He's giving you advice on how to get fit. <laughs> uh, we were talking about before we went on. Uh, you're telling me about uh, this whole situation, man, about the, the coronavirus and how you know uh, the the majority of the people are actually complaining, and you're actually finding it to be quite relaxing. You know what? And when it first happened, the first like couple of days when, when the actual, like when we found out about when the coronavirus came out, then the kind of, they started talking about shutting everything down. The first week I was like, as if somebody had shaken my world, I'm trying to think, holy shit, people stopped training. I didn't know what was happening with my business. I started, you know, there was a, a moment of panic because there's always that when it comes time to doing that you don't you don't even know the transition part you don't even know how to transition what is it going to look like you just know that something's off and it was really hard because i'm very routine i'm very about time management i i i enjoy having my routine i i like waking up in the morning and knowing pretty much my day so i, I remember i took two three days and i just started working on how to like keep my business alive and how to create new sources of revenue and how to try to find a way to make the best out of this. And then I started pushing my online business and I started, you know, um, training more people online working. I upload once a day on YouTube now because I have more time. I'm, I'm doing working on my, my membership site. And then I got to a point where the routine kind of settled. And now it's like, you know, I was watching Netflix, having a glass of wine. I'm less stressed. Uh, I'm working just as much. No, not as much. I'm still working eight hours, but I'm not working 12 hours. I'm not going to bed at 11 o'clock freaking out about how I'm going to finish and film on Saturday and film on Sunday. So there's been like some benefit to all of this in my personal life, as well as even professionally in my business, because I created different you know, sources of revenue and different opportunities that, that were there, but I never took advantage of because I was too busy working on something else. So yeah. it's, it's actually hasn't been, you know, for me, it's, it's actually been a moment where everything just paused for everybody. And I think it's an opportunity for all of us to just kind of look at our life and say, okay, where are we at? Are, are we really happy? Are we doing the right thing? Are we overworking? Are we over, you know, so there's, there's been something in all of this that for me, I took out where and it's kind of weird because I told my girlfriend, I go, I hope it's kind of stay like this. I hope other than people getting sick and, and being able to see my son and my family, I hope life takes this type of beat where, you know, I don't know. There's something there about it that for me, is, there's a benefit. You, you mean like a slower beat? Like you think it's going to go down the step? Like a slower beat. You know what I mean? There's no traffic outside. As much as people feel disconnected, I feel we're trying to connect now more than before. Yeah. Right? Now that they're telling us to be socially distanced, everybody's talking to each other more. I, I called my family in Greece more often than I ever have because I'm calling to see how they're doing. I have more time to pick up the phone and call. So, I mean, even though things slow down, it also puts us in perspective because we're at home. We're at home with our loved ones, spending more time with our kids or our wife. 
which I'm actually not doing either of them. So <laughs> you guys, <laughs> so I'm being honest, right? I, I'm, I'm pretty much alone right now, but, uh, but I, I guess it's a way to look at your life and actually ask yourself, are you li- living, you know, are you living within your highest values and kind of reassess, I think to me where I am sometimes it's like, fuck man, why was I working so much? Holy shit. And I'm kind of, I'm getting anxiety thinking of going back to what it used to be because I, I realized, how the hell did I even do this seven days a week, you know? Yeah. So I think all that, just I'm in that phase where I'm, I'm starting to replan and readjust my life for when it does go back to normal. Right. You know, you're probably one of the few people that I've spoken to that actually appreciates this. You know, everybody's looking forward to get back to normalcy, uh, you know, to get back to work, to get out of the house. Some people were just eager to just say, oh, I can't believe, I just can't wait for, for work to start again so I can leave and get back to, you know, because, you know, we're, we're so focused on every day in our lives and at the, at the office and at work that we think that's what's normal, right? Whereas uh, in other people's lives, what's normal is to spend as much time as you can and want with your family. So people have like this mixed up uh, in their mind where they were, they're thinking, okay, normal isn't here. Normal is at my office. I got to wake up. You know, I got to get the hell out of the house. Um, And that's how most of the people that I've spoken to have been seeing this. Right. And it's, it's interesting to have, um, to have that take from you. Well, I think, I think the other reason is that I really love what I do. I love, I wake up every day and I love what I do. I love training clients. I love making videos. I enjoy doing podcasts. So for me, it, there's no big shift other than, you know, like I said, not being able to see my family. But other than that, my life has actually kind of slowed down. So, and I think for many people, and I, I have spoken to a few people that they kind of, they don't want to go back to work. They realize they don't really like what they do. They're actually... Yeah, they're questioning. Uh, reassessing and reevaluating their life. That's the most important and part. I think that's the of- most important part. Yeah. It's the most important part because there's a lot of people, and just to, to add to that, you're right. And it depends a lot on how, how centered you are. Like somebody who's very work centered um, wants to maybe take a step back and, you know, cherish other things. Somebody who's more family centered. Can, can, is overwhelmed now with a family. Somebody who was health-centered is going to probably do more, go jogging and do more, and then bring that to the next level. So it depends how you're centered. But I think the most important part is the reevaluation. A lot of people are at the point, because I'm seeing, even seeing in people in, my camp, in, in the company I work for, a lot of people are like, hey, man, this is maybe not for me. This is a time for opportunity. This is a time for change. Yeah. Chris, I love what you said, because I, I've never, like, you know me, I, 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 I train regularly. I've never trained as hard as I train right now because normally I'm training in between clients and I'm stressed to train and take a shower and call back. Now it's like I have a two, three hour window where I freaking train like an hour, an hour and a half, take my shower, film my video. I have like a three hour gap where I'm just relaxed about doing it. Yeah. So you're right, Chris, and I love what you said. We're all taking that opportunity to do more of, of that, of those things. So I think it's, um, I, guess, I don't know if I yeah. said it out of, uh, somewhere else, but I remember reading it somewhere. I don't know how, exactly how it went, but basically what it said is you're coming out of the coronavirus, either a hunk, a chunk or a drunk. I don't know where I read that somewhere. 
<laughs> and it's so true. That's pretty funny. It's so true. It, it's it's one of the three, sometimes maybe two out of the three. The worst is if you come out of drunk and a chunk. That's probably the worst. <laughs> you know? Uh, why uh, why are you alone, though, man? Um, and we're going to talk about this. But I wanna, I, I'd like to talk about your family situation because, you know, you're, you're the first guy that we have on the podcast as a guest. Uh, that is a dad and divorced, right? So we want to, you know, we're going to talk sure. a little bit about that reality, but why are you alone? I mean, you, your, your kid is with, um, with his mom and you haven't seen him since the beginning? I saw him for the first time Saturday. Um, like his mom doesn't, doesn't, she's worried that, it, you know, I might give it to him that I'm like, you know, exposed to more people, even though I'm really not. Yeah. So it's, you know, sometimes, I mean, I mean, this is a dad show. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, and, you know, with the divorce rate being, I don't know, past 50, I'm sure 50%. I mean, sometimes you learn to pick and choose your battles. Yeah. And there's certain things that are just not worth fighting for. And, you know, it's not like I'm going to get into an argument and a fight. And it's not like I'm going to go call a lawyer and send her a letter. So it's like, you know what? You, you kind of like, you're like, okay, so what's the other solution? So every weekend now, I'm going there. I'm seeing him. He's like super paranoid. He's like, Daddy, stay awake two meters. Don't come close. So I chase him for fun and he runs around the, yeah. <laughs> the park. And, and, that's, and, that's, and that's pretty much it. So it is what it is. And I mean, you know, when you get divorced and you're in that situation, you also learn to make the best of what you can because divorce already is not easy. And if you've had a bad divorce and you've spent most of your years fighting, at one point, you're like, you know, fuck it. Is it worth fighting for? What is worth actually fighting for? And how much are you going to fight for what? You know, so yeah. I'm at that point where sometimes I'll just be like, you know, yeah, whatever. It's not, it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I, so, I, I can understand like in the beginning when nobody really knew how long this was going to take. And, you know, maybe people thought it's just a couple of weeks, you know, maybe you gave in. But had you known that this is going to last two, maybe three months, would you have taken that same decision or you, you would have maybe tried to find a solution I, beforehand? I, I would have. And this is an, an interesting topic because, I, I mean, I, 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 sh I should mention it. She, at one point, she's like, if you take him, you have to take him for two weeks. Yeah. The problem with me having him two weeks with me is, one, I'm still working. Right. Two, my apartment is it, – it, it's not – Big like over there, he has a sister, his two sisters. There, there's more people around him, so I was kind of worried that if I'm stuck with him here two weeks, he's gonna be alone. I'm still working, I'm still you know doing my thing, and I just felt as well it was the best decision from that point to say you know what, because I just wanted to take him for the weekend, which I normally do, and then bring him back. Uh, so I was like, you know what, we'll just keep it keep it like that. So that was kind of it. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, you know I, I've spoken to a bunch, uh, to some other guys that um, that are divorced as well, and then they're continuing to you know do the share. Uh, yeah, because by law, by law, she doesn't have the right to say that. Yeah. Right. No, uh, clear, clearly it's a decision between you and uh, uh, yeah. you and uh, you and your ex-wife. Um, yeah, I've spoken to some guys, uh, some family, some family that I have that are divorced, and they said, "No, no, we're, we're still, uh, you know, we're still sharing and everything, the custody." And uh, you know, immediately in my mind, I was like, "Okay, you know, the logistics. How does that work? You know, is it dangerous? Is it safer to just have the kids in one place?" Like, and it kind of makes sense to you know what you're doing right now, right? I, I like for a second there, I thought you know maybe that is the best solution for the, for for the kid, you know, not to to be going. 
you know, from one place to the other. Right. You don't even know what risks exist in, in each place. But um, yeah, it's tough, man. I, I don't know. But the reality, that doesn't make sense either way. Because if I took him for two weeks, he technically would have to be quarantined two weeks before he comes to me. If he was at my place for two weeks, he would have to be quarantined two weeks alone before he would go back to her. It makes no sense either way because I, you know, so then it was just, again, that's why you get to a point where you're like, am I going to argue and fight over this? It's not like she told me I'm taking the kid and I'm going off to another yeah. country. Yeah. That's a battle I'm going to fight to the end. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I just left it at that, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, if nobody goes anywhere, you know, I mean, what dangers, like we, we usually work, you know, in the evenings and at nights and it's my in-laws that have been keeping our daughters, but I know that they don't go anywhere. Right. Um, so they don't go anywhere. We don't go anywhere during the day. We're just dropping them off and then we're picking them off. So, you know, the danger actually is us actually, you know, catching something because we're always out and about, but you know, the good news is that we don't really come in touch with anyone, uh, when we're out, but, uh, yeah, so we figured that kind of, uh, formula, it works. Obviously we have to be very careful, uh, but it must be difficult, man. It's, it is, I, I, but it's for me, it's, I've been kind of used to having him only on the weekend. So I say it in all honesty, like, I mean, I, I got him a phone and I, because I didn't have a phone. So when this happened, I got him a phone and he, he face, FaceTimes me every day. Obviously, it's not the same. Yeah. But um, I, I mean, it, it, it hasn't been such a big change. It's not like I have him all week anyway. So yeah. Yeah. it's a couple of weekends. So. Now, if it lasts a year or something, that's where it's, it's going to start getting a little bit more complicated. But right now, I think we're just taking it week by week until we see. Yeah. It's crazy how people have had to find ways to just adjust whatever this new normalcy is, right? It's, uh, it's crazy. And it's not only you. I mean, people from all walks of life, in all backgrounds, in all you know, professions, it's just messed up, you know? And then you're hearing today on the news that this is something that could potentially just stay. Like, it won't go. It'll just be one of those viruses that will exist like the flu. You know, it'll come once or twice a year and, you know, we'll, we'll just be exposed to it. I, I, I believe that's what's going to be happening. I believe it's going to be a flu like the influenza. Yeah. And we're all going to come out like little ants and when shit happens, all right, guys, lockdown, sorry. And just until they find a vaccine. And then you have half the people who think the vaccine is we're going to be chipped by Bill Gates and our brains are going to turn into <laughs> yeah. 5G toaster. So, I mean, who the fuck, you know what I mean? And after that, it's a whole other debate on who's going to take it and who's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but look, at least, at least you have the advantage of uh, having your own thing, right? You have your own business, everything. Most of it actually is, is built online. Um, you obviously have your clients, but I, I have been following you and you have figured out a, um, you have to figure out a formula of how to do this, your, your training sessions via Zoom or whatever, FaceTime. Uh, you, put on, uh, you put up some training videos online that people can just go follow at home on their own. Um, so you've had to kind of figure out a way to just survive through this whole thing too. You have to. And I think that's the main key I tell people about being an entrepreneur is being creative. Yeah. And you, I could see the good entrepreneurs from – the bad entrepreneurs, bad entrepreneurs are crying about their business not doing well, you know, and then you see the hairdresser putting kits together where she'll deliver them to your house and then you could open the camera and she'll show you how to do it. I saw, I was like, wow, yeah, like, these, are, these are the people to me who are real entrepreneurs who, 
You know what I mean? I don't know. They'll find a way to create their market and a new market somehow. Because at the end, what I realized, people need to get back to some kind of normality. Adaptability. Adaptability, absolutely. Well, we like, are a social animal. We are a social animal and we have group loyalty. So we got to, I think that people are taking advantage of this. But I don't, I don't think like you. I don't, I don't think that people are just going to stay in this rhythm. I think once this is kind of over, everybody's going to try and catch up, and it's going to be hectic, and it's going to be crazy. I think people I don't need know, to Chris. catch up because we're, we're, everyone's kind of left behind. It's going to be exactly that. <laughs> no? You guys don't think it's going to be a little hectic trying to catch up? Numbers, companies trying to get I their numbers, people, people trying to get and, and the time they've lost. The friends you've lost, you're going to be going out. You're going to be, your, your rhythm like is going to go, it's going to go 120% to get back down to that 90 that you were used to because we all went down to 60, let's say. Yeah, that's interesting. So 60, and then it's going to go to 120 no, for a little bit. And then it's going to just. See, we're not talking. To... George, are you there? The thing we're not talking about is the government can't just give, keep giving people. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. go ahead. Repeat what you just said, George. Can you hear me? No, yeah, we can hear it's you. It's a bit choppy. I don't know. You're, is it only me or I'm is it a... paused? Ah, there you go. Oh, I hear you guys. I'm hearing everything perfectly. Sorry about that. I, I don't think uh, it's going to be, this is not the new normal, impossible. First of all, the government can't keep paying everybody 500 bucks a week until when? There's an end to that. Um, so then kicks in what Chris is talking about. Everybody's going to need to catch up because how are they, they going to pay for their bills if the government's not sending a check and if all these businesses are closing? We need to start providing for each other the way society works. Yeah. And there's going to there, be the this people... New, this, new normal, this new normal concept is just certain steps before you enter a business and certain steps before you walk into your house after you're coming back from somewhere. But you are all, we're all dying to interact. We're all dying to have our friends over at, we have things in the world. Oh, I can't wait to have them over and I'm going to cook them this way. When are we going to bring them over? We're all planning to do these things. We're going to go back to that. I don't think yeah, this is I believe the, that too. This is the temporary But situation. I think to what, to what Nick is saying... The government is funding it too. I think to what Nick is saying is that there's going to be an opportunity where you can build the good habits or you can really try and reinvent yourself or your business to try and this capture new true. markets. Yeah. But, but it, also, it, also depends on the, true, yeah. it also depends on the industry, right? I mean... Uh, and of course, I, well, you, you can you can also say that in any industry, you have to find a solution for you to survive. But certain industries, you can't. Like I know a lot of people in the restaurant business that just they're not making it, right? But but, but uh, like I mean, restaurant business, man, Uber Eats, deliver, create, yeah. lower, lower your prices, find more. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, I, I I believe if you sit and you jot down enough ideas, you're gonna find something I and think, it's trial, I, yeah. trial and error. I think, I think most, of them, most of them have adopted that pattern, but at the same time, it's that, you know, when your volume is like nothing compared to what it was before, yeah, you're getting by, but you're also wondering how long can I keep doing this, right? Uh, but can, so, can I say something? Um, sorry, I personally don't think things will ever go back to normal. And what I mean by that, I think when the gates are going to open, this social distancing is going to remain. You mean people, forever? Like forever? You think it's going to be forever? I, I, it's I, in I, people's psychology, no? I think, I think it's going to be in people's psychology. Look, I never shook people's hands. People, Chris, you know me. Every time yeah, I did yeah, it, it's a tab, like, yeah. I just, and people were like, and I've had people give me their hands. Like, I worked at a hospital. I know, understand, uh, yeah. 
uh, cross-contamination, all that. Like, I mean, I lived it. So I'm like super, I'm not paranoid, right? But I, I just prefer not to. But I think that most people, like what we're living right now is going to get to the point where, like some of it is basic, basic common like sense, right? I've seen people go to the washroom and walk out and not wash their hands. Mm-hmm. I just think that there is going to be people being more aware, more conscious, a little bit more space in between. I don't think people are going to sit and, you know, hug each other and kiss each other like they used to. I think that, like, um, I think, Chris, you call it, what, social engineering, you've called it before? Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a small part of that that's going to remain forever. You think that, forever? I think it's Yeah. Uh, well, let, let's uh, hope not. Good. Let's hope not. But uh, temp- temporarily, actually, for actually, sure. Actually, Chris, sorry to cut you off. I kind of enjoy the social distancing because there's some people I'd rather they just stay away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I don't like your breath. I, I get it. I, I'm just saying social in terms distancing, of... Just, in yeah. terms of... I'm, 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 I'm not, yeah, not going to compare coronavirus to the other viruses because like, we've been hit with that with the Spanish flu. I get it. There's, there's, when it comes to, 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 uh, to other viruses, I'm guessing that it's probably on, on the... On the most on the top part of the spectrum of importance and uh, the way it spreads, but if you're going to compare this to uh, the Great Depression, plague, um, chronic hungers we've had in the past, World War One and Two, and after these catastrophes, people have found their rhythm. I don't think that this is going to be one the one that's going to shut us down. I think there is going to be a, a a point where a temporary discomfort and a temporary adjustment period where we're going to be reluctant to maybe engage yeah. in more social activity. But I think, if, I don't know what the timeline is. I don't know if it's going to be five years, two years, three years, 10 years, 15 years. But I think people are highly adaptable. People are malleable. And they could pretty much go back to that that line where everyone's comfortable. But you're right. Societies tend to change. And this is going to bring a big change in society, whether it's medicine, whether it's AI, whether it's maybe on the political system side. Uh, institutionally, acad- like academically, everybody, everybody in their own niche or everybody in their own industry is kind of looking this at at the global scale and thinking, okay, what what changes can we bring? So, in, in to that respect, the world is going to change, but I think people have been the same for two thousand years, and we're going to pretty much stay the same. But even, but even, well, I know you, colleges and college and university—they're all going online now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next, absolutely. Online. And I believe. It, when they see people could work from home, people could study from home, why? I think that companies are going to capitalize on that and say, fuck, mm-hmm. we can have this guy sit at home and work. Why are we going to pay for, for space, for buildings, for travel, for parking, whatever it is? You know what I mean? There's well, expenses the all thing, that versus you. The office space, yeah. the desks, the, the internet connections. You have one at home sitting all day, not doing anything. You just connect from home. You know? Yeah. No, but but for uh, someone like travel, you know, everybody saves all their time on the road. Personal time is it is going to make sense. There's a lot of already there's a lot of employers already doing that for people. Now you guys think though? This is a general question I'm throwing to all of you here. But do you think it's going to be, uh, generally speaking, everything you think is going to be everything everything is going to be online, or you just think maybe work or certain tasks or certain facets are going to be online? Because we're the human interaction is human interaction. We need to be close to procreate. We need to be close to engage. We need, you want to hug somebody, you want to hug your kid, you want to shake your friend's hand. I don't think that's ever going to leave. We need the human touch. I think it's part of us. But do you think that that is going to be replaced as well? 
I th- no, look, I, I, think, I think it depends on, uh, on what industry or what field. Like think of someone that works in customer service. It could very easily be done at home. In fact, it's been, it's been happening for years now. This is not something that they're thinking about now. Um, no, my question so, on so, a professional level, I get it. I'm just yeah. thinking in, in this, uh, at the social life level. The social life, I agree with you uh, uh, almost 100% that, you know, you're going to have, you're going to need to go out and socialize, you know, I, but I do think it's going to take time. Like say, and we've spoken about this in earlier, in earlier episodes, say tomorrow they lift the quarantine, everything is okay. How comfortable and how confident are you going to be to take your wife and kids and go eat in a restaurant or to go watch uh, a show, uh, you know, a hockey game, uh, a theater, uh, a comedy show, like anything, you know what I mean? Like go, you know, go to, you know, mythos where there's like hundreds of people dancing around you. Like how confident, how comfortable are you going to be? In a setting like that, like well, yeah, bat. yeah, but it, that 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 is, it's like a gradual process because exactly. as as discomfort kind of goes down, well, you're you're willing to take risk and you're willing to to just engage is going to go up. Yeah. So there's going to be a point where whatever that timeline is, I think people by the end of summer, I think people are going to be interacting. They're going to be back in the parks doing crazy things. And that's when you might get another wave, and then people are going to be like, "Hey, guys, we got to stop." Well, today, today, Montreal announced that they're extending the, the, the state of emergency all the way until July. Yeah, so, and uh, kids are going back in September. Yeah, the schools are yeah. canceled the enti- entirely. So I'm, I'm going to tell you, I was out of town uh, two weeks ago for work. I was in uh, a small town of uh, about an hour out of Montreal. Just say the truth, man. You ran away from your family. <laughs> you, needed, <laughs> you, you needed your space. <laughs> I got to uh, work. I got to work three hours away. <laughs> uh, yes. So we go and get a, a sandwich for lunch. Again, everybody's you know doing two meters apart. Uh, all this protocol, yeah. which is I think they're they're, doing, they're pretty. It's pretty clever the way they've set it up. It's working. So we get out at the end of the parking lot. There's a there's a big expanse and there's a fence beyond the fence is a, is a residential neighborhood, and you see part of the fence is is like a closed off fenced off whole section. That's it looks like a schoolyard with a sand park in the in the corner, there's like, I don't know, a hundred people, kids and families, like families. There's a hundred people just running around. In there. This was, this was three weeks ago. Yeah. But, but also George, you're in a region. So there they have, I said it was an hour out of town. Yeah, an hour. Out of town. If, if you're driving at 120 kilometers an hour for an hour, you're far away from Montreal. <laughs> you know? uh, no, I don't know. It's, it, uh, you know, it, I'm interested to see how things evolve, you know, and like you said, Chris, I mean, socially, it's definitely going to be a weird experiment. Yeah. Uh, professionally, like Nick said, I think people are, you know, some people are just dying to get back to whatever normal was before. And some are actually looking forward to adapting and, you know, uh, finding uh, uh, new ways of doing business, you know, but to bring it into your line of work, Nick, uh, look, you're obviously, you train people, martial arts uh, with boxing, you do, you do the fitness thing, you do all that. And to some degree, there's, there's some kind of proximity when you do that, right? Yeah, I was going to ask that, yeah. So, so I just want to know your take. Like, I know you've been asked this before, but can you really teach this stuff online? Do you think you're as effective or as efficient? And do you think this might be the new way of doing it? Or does it need to be belly to belly for most of the time? You see, when I do fitness, like we train, Chris, you, for you, you told me straight out it wasn't your thing. But I've had clients who actually love it because one the workouts are 30 minutes they don't have to travel uh it's more flexible when they want to train so um once the setup is done like once they either do it on their tv or they have a setup 
I'm like right there, right? So mm -hmm. it's easy for me. When it comes to fitness, it's much easier because I do it at my gym. I have all the equipment. Whatever equipment they have, I make the workout with them. When it comes, obviously, to teaching them self-defense, it's a little bit harder because I have to do drills with them. But I do train. Uh, I train two kids self-defense and one person online, uh, all three online. They're one person online in the U.S., but what they do, they either have a bob dummy or a punching bag, and then I teach them the strikes and the movements and stuff like that. So, uh, I mean, for, for some people, what's happening right now, either way, they have to find some way to, to, to exercise or to keep the routine going, like the hairdresser or the person who, who, who sees a therapist or whatever it is, they're going to have to find a way to keep their life going in some way. and. There's not much of a choice. It's going to have to be online. Now, when we're training live, yeah, I'm, I'm still like, what, five feet away from you because I'm watching you. Same thing with the screen. I'm right there. I'm customizing your workout. I'm, I'm guiding you on what to do. I'm making your workout as you do it. So there's still that personal touch. It's not like you're just watching a video. Obviously, is it the same thing as me being right there? Again, I've had clients who told me, Nick, like, this is just as good as you being here because okay. – I'm still right there focused on workout. But I think it's, it's, a, it's a personal thing for each person. It's probably the individual that makes the difference. Well, for sure, for, uh, for, for someone like Nick, it's also the scalability, right? You scale the business differently. You could, you could be online for one hour and maybe coach uh, 100 know, 20, 25, yeah. yeah, 100 people online yeah. within that hour. Or you could just you know what, have on one-on-one. -on -one. So from, from the coach's perspective, for sure, it's, it's better because of the scalability. Uh, but so, so you're, you're basically, it's half-half. Some people like it. Look, personally, like, because I, I trained with Nick, yeah. and um, I can't wait to come back in the gym. Like, I got, I got to be there. We got to, you know, because we're you, talking. You, we chill, whatever. That I know you like that connection, right? And so do I. That's how we get along, right? Yeah. We train for half an hour, 45 minutes, and we talk for two hours sometimes at the gym. Right? Yeah, that's it. I need that. I can't do it. We tried it online, and I just couldn't do it. And it's, do not, it. It's, it's not about you. It's about me. I just couldn't, I couldn't connect that way. Yeah. I needed and to I, be there. I got to feel it, you know? And I think it's, like I said, I think it's different. I was training my client, Mandy, and she was very hesitant. She's like, Nick, I don't know, training online. I said, man, just try it. If you don't like it, that's I, like I told you, just try it. She did once, like, wow, it's good. And now she trains with me four times a week because for her, it's easy. She puts on the phone, boom, 9.30. All right, Mandy, what's going on? Da, 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 do our workout, and, and, and we're done. And that's why I purposely did them 30 minutes mm. because I believe that 45 is too long on the camera, like, like doing it like that. So yeah. I do it 30 minutes, but I do it hit workout. It's a little bit more intense. So I find that's the way, and I, and I brought the prices down to $35 for 30 minutes. That was my creative side to be like, okay, let me make it cheaper, shorter, that more people could afford it. And it worked. So do you, do you give them homework? Yeah, I give like if I give them a training program to do during the week or the next time they see me, if we're doing self-defense, I'll tell them, okay, work on these five, 10 strikes, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then the week after or whenever I see them, we, we, we go from there and just continue training. How did this whole thing start for you, man? You know, this whole YouTube thing is obviously, uh, you know, you have a huge, yeah, I think you have two channels and you know, the huge channels, a huge following. How does this thing start? I mean, how does, how do you even, you know, get involved with, you know, creating that channel and, you know, growing it? 
man. Just fluke, man. Pure fluke. Yeah, just pure fluke. You, you believe uh, that? Consistency, man. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's more like it. You said it. Well, no, no. It, it, well, when, when, when I, I mean, when I, when I was teaching self-defense and I was in the fitness and, and, and I started my YouTube channel in 2010. Yeah. And YouTube came out in 2006 or seven. I can't remember. So I was like, oh, what is this? I'm like, ah, let me just put up some videos for fun. I was, I was putting up videos with no idea about keywords, tags, monetization didn't even exist back then. I was putting videos and then I just, as it started growing, I was like, oh shit. And then before I knew it, I was at 10,000 subscribers. I'm like, oh my God, I wish I could hit 50,000. 50,000 is my goal. I had 50. I'm like, and then I hit 100. How long did it take for you? How long did and it take? How long did it take for you to, to hit that? My first video was made 10 years ago. So if we really look at it, it took 10 years to hit Nick Drosos and it took about Code Red Defense to get to 215,000. It took about three years or four years for Code mm, Red okay. Defense. Yeah. That's it. So it took 10 years to become an overnight success. Right? Yeah, yeah, that, that's the reality. <laughs> that's the reality, man. It's all the and, work. And, Nobody and, sees all the work. Yeah. No. So, so Nick, I just wanted no, to say man, that because I, I, we're talking this language and you said fluke and I know me and you don't believe in fluke. We don't believe in luck. luck no, but, no is, I don't believe. Luck favors the prepared mind and luck belong. It's a word that belongs in the minds or the mindsets of brave people. So there is a little portion that is luck, but a lot of it is the consistency, yeah. being ready for it, working hard, keep going, right? It's keep going for it, be determined. Uh, adjusting, failing, getting back, right? It's like, it's like you guys, right? You have your show right now. The question is, in 10 years, are you still going to be making an episode a week? Because that's how, how long it might take before in 10 years somebody says, man, just as dad's awesome. But like, I mean, you guys just started the show. Yeah. So are you willing to do an episode a week for the next 10 years? The truth is most people that I talk to are like, oh, I want to do a YouTube channel and this and that. I tell them what to do. Most of them after six months, they stop. They don't realize how much work goes behind it. Yeah, and yeah, the number one thing to success, I believe, is persistence, consistency. They demonetize, they shadow ban my channel. I keep fucking going, man. And I find other ways. I created my membership site. The money I lost off YouTube, I'm making it back on my membership site. Right. Sound like a that I lost a few. Yeah, that's it's a, a formula. So there's, a, there's, a, there's a line I heard once. Yeah, you're always it, There's a line I heard once. If it is to be, it is up to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, because uh, I'm like the, be, the best one I heard. Go ahead, Chris. No, no, go for it. Go for it. The best one I heard is 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 um, um, uh, luck. Okay, I forgot it. Got to bring it back. Focus. <laughs> we'll luck, bring it luck back. Uh, I know what it is. It's luck favors the bold. No, it's um, no. Uh, oh, I, uh, I know it as when, luck. Uh, luck favors the prepared mind, but no. When hard work and timing meets. Uh, uh, luck, uh, luck is when hard work and timing meets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's true, man. It's true because it's you. It's kind of like you work. It's like you work hard. You put your effort, and then then you say, "Oh, you got lucky." No, but it's because all those came in together. Yeah. And yeah. The luck, kind of. If your you want to call experience, it. Your experience lets you recognize the timing. 
the luck the luck happens to everyone and if you're not if you're not the right person if you're not at the right time if you're not at the right place luck is just another word you you can be so unprepared that luck falls into your lap and you won't take advantage yeah. of it that's why i'm not a big proponent of just saying luck you know what i mean because I, I i know there's more than that and what i'm why why i reacted to that uh, nick was because my son now is look, getting into this and he's looking into like YouTube stuff and I want to open a YouTube channel and he's on Mixer and he's doing some streaming with his video games. And it's like, well, he knows what he has to do technically, but he doesn't understand like the iceberg, right? He sees the tip. He doesn't understand that there's a whole, like three quarters of the iceberg is underwater, right? So he can't see that yet. And I think people are getting fooled to think it's easy but they forget how much work it needs, like how much consistency well, and how much, you know, you got to put behind it. So that, that's why I just reacted to that because I had that conversation today with, with my kid. Yeah. I, I just think at the end of the day, you also have to realize that if you're doing something that you're enjoying and that you're liking, um, it's, it, it's only normal. Like Nick, you, you know, you, you were big on the self-defense, on martial arts, and you just did something that you did naturally anyway. You just put it up on YouTube. And then obviously you figure out how to, you know, uh, uh, you know put the strategy in place to be more consistent and to, per and to persevere and to grow uh, organically. Someone that comes in and says, I want to have a YouTube channel and just does, you know, just repeats something else that has reached whatever success, not so sure you're going to make it there because, you know, like, like your son, Chris, if he loves, uh, you know, videotaping his live streams or whatever video games that he plays, then just keep doing that, man. You know what I mean? Just if that's yeah. what you like. Um, but if you're doing it just because everyone else is doing it and you think that you can do it as well, I, I don't know. At the end of the day, you're probably going to get bored, right? Because you're going to be like, okay, I'm well, gonna, you, I'm you're going to get bored or you're going to give up. And, uh, once you have a generation that's more geared or focused on instant gratification, meaning I want results yesterday, yeah, uh, oh it's kind of hard to go through the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not hard. Like I saw it when he started learning to play drums. Like he started playing drums. He was playing drums. Everything is fine. People reacted to that. So what, what happened is he, he got that boost because people reacted to yeah. it. So he wanted to learn a little bit more. So that motivated him to keep going. But the second it got a little bit hard or a little technical and you had to work on chops, you had to do the boring stuff, the mundane, it wasn't, you know, wasn't, wasn't as fun anymore. So look, he got excited. He liked it, but he couldn't get through the stretch. Yeah. I love, you important. know what, Chris, you know what's scary is that I see a lot of kids like that. I see a lot of kids <laughs> that don't have that stretch and that resilience and in that your success is going to come. In your uh -huh. ability to fight through that stretch. If you can't fight through the stretch, you're going to create a routine where you start, you quit. You start, you quit. You, you just jump from one thing to another, but you never like stick to something because as soon as it gets hard, you're like, fuck it, let me go to the next thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's also society. Instant gratification. Like, I mean, think of everything we get on Facebook, social media. Look at the ads. Hey, do you want to be a millionaire? I could show you. And all this shit is, is, is poisoning people's ideas of, of like you're gonna become an overnight success. I see it on YouTube. Every time I video, there's that guy coming out. Hey, I'm a trainer. Do you want to make a seven figure like me and get a BMW like this? And yeah, people yeah, are fooled by it. They make yeah, money. Yeah. They make money fooling people with the shit instead of saying, you know what? You know, this is what I really have to go through to make what I make yeah. it. Because you know what? It's attraction marketing, man. That's very attractive. Imagine 
the realist or the pragmatist is going to say, Hey, come here. How much are you making? You're making 55 grand. Okay. Let me show you how to make 61. That's a realist. That could, that's very, very possible. You could take someone and tell them, okay, this is how you get to hundred grand. This is how you get to 200 grand, but that's not attractive. It's boring. But if I tell you, Hey, let me, let me show you how to earn $7 million. Ah, uh, now it's attraction marketing. You, you know that out of a hundred, maybe one, maybe one will get there and that's just good enough. Right? So yeah, it's true. It's, it's, it's part of society. It's in the fabric of society that we can't really change it. Uh, yeah, but I'm not going to agree with you to extend it to your son losing interest in drums. You commit to that to something you really love. The way you, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's it might be something arts. else. Yeah, yeah. It could be. Yeah, exactly. He's got, he's, the fact that he picked up the drums and started playing at three, the kid, uh, he's, he's naturally talented. He's going to pick up something he loves, man. He's going to stick to it. I wouldn't worry about him being lazy. No, I don't worry. It, it, it's it's the, the whole generation that's like that, man. But you it's, know what the problem is? Because the environment is like that. I mean, the weren't, weren't, like we that. All, weren't we all? Weren't we all? Oh, I don't know about that because we didn't have we, access to that. We, we were raised with, ah, we had access to many options. I mean, our fathers uh, had one, one option. You, you, if, if you had a ball, you could kick it and call it soccer. <laughs> that's it. I was growing up. I, we played twelve sports in a week. You know? Yeah, but it wasn't the same, same pace. Ball. It wasn't the same pace. Yeah, you know, I, you, yeah. it's not the same pace, man. Don't forget, right, we grew up. Right. That's we, true. That's we, grew true. Up with, we grew up with dial-up internet, meaning we had the patience to wait a minute for something to load. Oh man, we grew up without internet. Sure. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah we, <laughs> and once we had it, we're like, wow, look at this. Like when, yeah, that's man, we break had dial-up at home. When we had dial-up at home, I just didn't use it. I didn't yeah. use it before a DSL. Before DSL, I was not going to use the internet. I, I couldn't stand it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, 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 it extends to us as well. It's, it's not so much that you couldn't stand it. It's just that we didn't have access to everything that we have now online. You understand that? So, internet, it has evolved as well. Like, when it started you know what was on the internet like there was nothing to pique your interest you know it was still it was still new there was, it was so new that everything was interesting because there was nothing before that so everything know. was like curi- everything was a major curiosity yeah but that's why maybe like for me i'm giving my personal opinion like i, I didn't i didn't get attached to that. it didn't click with me because i didn't feel that there was anything of value there i mean okay whatever what's the internet we didn't understand it maybe we were too young it was like at the end of when was it high school or Egypt for us? I can't remember. Now some kids growing up when they see everything that's available online, whether it's movies, whether it's games, whether it's anything you can imagine, mm-hmm. obviously they're 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 focused on it. We didn't we, that didn't exist back then. Guys, it's the pace. It's, I don't think it has anything to do with technology. It's the pace. Yeah, we had to sit true. down. It's the pace. We had to sit down and watch the movie and wait for the commercial. We didn't choose. I, I couldn't fast forward and put friends and binge watch friends yeah. for like for 14 nights in a row. I had to wait the next week. Yeah, right? Exactly. Right? It's crazy. <laughs> Chris, I just thought about that. Holy shit. We used to watch Dude, TV like that. Yeah, what? man. We had to wait. Now there's some, not my son goes on. It's like, I want it now. This is what I want. No, change it. No, go before. Go there. Fast forward. Take, pause it. You, you can even go to like forget the fact that you're waiting because we still wait weekly for our new episode, right? Still no. Get- Yes. No, now, now you know what it is, George. But you Netflix get, stuff, yeah, yeah you, get batches. you get batches. I, I, get, yeah. I get frustrated because something new comes out uh, on Netflix. You watch it in three days and you're like, come on, man, when's the new season coming? Come on. And you got to wait. Dopamine, you want, you want your fix. You, you got to get wait. your fix, baby. You got to wait a whole the, 12 the, months, man. It's like next year's like, are they coming with it? Come on, man. The, I, the I, TV I, stuff, I, I, 
And TV stuff you have to wait weekly. Yeah, the no, TV no. stuff you gotta wait a weekly. Speaking yeah. about but, TV, Nick, are you doing any 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 film, any movies, any? Uh, you know what? I started writing, man. I wrote like I, I had this idea to rewrite like a small short script of Zorba the Greek, and I I kind of wrote it. I just need somebody to clean it up. So, uh, and I, I spoke to my producer. As soon as all this is over, I want to start doing short films again because I love that stuff, man. Yeah. It's, it's also First, something... You got to get you in a movie. It's also something that sure. peaks your creativity, <laughs> right? It's something that gets your juices flowing and it just, uh, you know, the more that you're creating, I feel that the more... Uh, ambitious you are to just keep going right you did one short video uh, one short film and you're like wow this is awesome i love the experience okay when's the next one there's always okay next next what do we do next so you're always thinking you're always in the creative mode right yeah but you know what it happens with that too man it becomes addictive man it becomes yeah. tiring but i tell you how many nights i don't sleep my brain is running yeah, and I just, like, I mean, sometimes I just, I wish I could just fucking turn everything off and it goes like, like high speed. And it's like, I, I could see the film playing in my head over and over while I sleep. And I, and like, I mean, it's, so I guess that's, that's part of the, the creative mind, but I love it. You know what I mean? I don't get, I don't make money off this stuff. And this, this is what I noticed that a lot of, the young kids won't do. They're like, am I going to get paid for it? Yeah. Oh, like, I still don't get paid for it. I'm going to pay you. <laughs> don't you want to have the opportunity to learn, to, to do something, to work with? Like, what the fuck's wrong with you, man? Like, do, 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 but, do, but, do it just for the heck That's yeah. the, that's, yeah, to do it because you want to learn, because you want to, you want to be on set. You want to, like I'm doing these. Uh, I'm I'm doing a lot of collaborations with that guy Martin. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Matthew, guy. Matthew Guif Guifrida. Yeah. Have you seen? Yeah, right? yeah. funny. It's yeah. so funny, man. It's not like we make money off this. We film on Sundays. I enjoy doing it. For me, all this is practice because that's one of my dreams is is, is to eventually so... really go into the acting. And all this is practice for me. Same thing with the podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like Chris's iceberg. Yeah, it's, you're putting in the bottom part of the iceberg. This is the investment part. Right? Yeah, no, but he's uh, Nick's an artist. Thousand hours of practice. Like sure. Nick is known. So, Nick is known for let's say martial arts, right? There's still art in that, in in there. But he's an artist. Like he likes the movies. He likes singing. He sings well. Like you play a little bouzouki, or actually, no, you got bouzouki for your son, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like, took it, lessons for about six months, but. <laughs> but I stopped it. But you should see me draw. If you see me draw, you're going to freak out. Oh, you draw as well? I post a couple of my drawings on... on uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a few drawings on Instagram. People are like, holy shit, who's Yeah, man, I saw that. No, no, I saw that, that actually. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I saw it. No, it's, it, you're right. It is, it is very good. I just, I just clicked. Yeah, you do draw well. Uh, tell, me, tell me something because I, I want to go but back. I, I, think, I, I think to me... Yeah. Yeah, no, go ahead. I lost you. Go. What? Yeah, no, you, you said for you? No, no, I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> I, I just want to go back I, for I a second. I can't remember. Uh, I just want to go back for a second, like when you were creating your YouTube channel. And, you know, I don't know if, you were, if your mindset was this is what I'm going to make money out of. But 
you know, at that time, what was the support around you? Like, the, you know, your, your support system, were they like, do it, this is fun, or were they like, you're wasting your time, what are you doing with this? Um, were you married at that time? Yeah, I, I was married. I was married, but uh, George, I've never had a support system. I, I, my support system, you're looking at it. Yeah. It's right here. So I do things the way I want to do it, the way I think, that, like not the way I think, but when I want to do something, people around me are irrelevant. I didn't grow up with those supportive parents, so I learned to support on my own. So I don't really give a fuck what anybody thinks when I do something. If I want to tomorrow pack my shit and go to Greece and go live in Greece, guess what? I'm going to do it. If I want to, like, so there's no, I don't, the, the outside influence doesn't exist to me. I literally do what I want to do, how I want to do it, and I'm the only one who decides. Yeah. So whether people think it's good or bad, I personally don't care. Like, I'll, I'll ask, like, Chris, you know, Chris, what do you think? I'll, I'll ask people for their advice when it comes to business or this or that. But in terms of what I want to do, in terms of a project, I follow my dream no matter what. If I want to literally leave everything today and fly to LA and say, you know what, I'm going to pursue my dream as an actor, you pretty much better believe I'm crazy enough to just sell everything and be like, okay, I'm out of here. Go give yeah. it a shot, Sakhidim. I don't really care. That's the way I am. And I'm happy because yeah, I yeah. live free like that. I really yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. You, val you, value, you value freedom more than security. Absolutely. Freedom is everything to me. Yeah, you don't yeah, have yeah. freedom. You don't have anything. And yeah, I've seen yeah. people who have tons of money, but they're trapped with their money. They're so yeah. insecure about it. Their money. It's like they're not free. Or people who live to make their parents happy or proud or live under other people's terms. You're a slave. You're not living free to who you, to me, that is beyond anything. Is the freedom that I have to do whatever I want and I owe nothing to anybody. I don't owe shit to nobody. And that's why I don't like taking things from anybody. I don't like to owe anything to anybody. Like this, I'm clean slate and that's, that's the way I live my life and I would change it for nothing, even if you give me $10 million, I'd be like, you know what, keep your money, I don't want it. I'd rather live the way I lived, yeah. and that's it. But we gotta become good at receiving, right? Yeah, uh, you told me that, Chris. <laughs> I've had a problem with receiving. <laughs> and, and I remember what you told me, Chris. Because yeah. Chris, 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 I say it openly, he's like a mentor to me. And he's the first guy I go to when I have something. Because yeah. I really value what his opinion and, and his, like, we pretty much have the same values. And I can't remember what he, what, what he told me about not receiving. I don't like receiving stuff. I don't like taking it because I've had, I, I've had moments where I've accepted stuff and then it's been kind of thrown back where I've gotten to the point now where I don't take anything. I don't like, I, like even young, I never did. But even that, that feeling, I, I don't want to feel like I owe anything to anybody where anybody's going to be like, oh yeah, you know it's what? It's a man? very Greek thing. It's yeah. a very Greek thing. And that's why I don't, I don't, and that's why I explain it's like, it is a Greek thing, you're right. And it's, it's inculcated actually in our mindset. And you know what? A very good action is giving. And everybody wants to give because that's how you be the happiest. You're the happiest when you give. When you're able to, to accomplish things and give, I think that's like the top pyramid of Maslow, right? The top pyramid where you self-actualize, that's from giving away. But you got to be able to receive. Why? Because you're giving somebody else a chance to give. So that's why receiving is good. You got to receive because that's where giving starts. 
Chris, I, I, I can't share the story because it's a little bit private, but yeah. I received something from somebody that was very big mm. and, and, I, and, I, and I said, I can't. Like, I mean, I didn't. And because of you, I accepted it. Mm. Good, good. It was like That's the first time where I was like, and it was from somebody that, that, that's special, like that, but normally I don't like, it's like, no, like I yeah, yeah. take it. I don't. We grew up like that too. I get it, man. Yeah, and you we know what? Like like we all grew up it, like it's that. The, and, and the worst part is, Greeks are told don't do it, but then they're the first ones to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, let's give it. That's, that's why, like, I mean, I stay away from all that. You know what I mean? Especially Greeks, we have that in us. Oh, so yeah. I even Absolutely. know within culturally, where I'm like, no, it's okay. Me vinis potessa for me. Me vinis the keoma. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but it's true. I don't know who said it, but uh, one of the nice things, uh, the way I heard it, uh, I forget his name. I like giving credit to people, but I forget. But it's like always give without remembering, always receive without forgetting. Yes. And, and, and that's powerful. But it has, you have to do both. You have to do both. So like I'm even teaching my, learn how to receive. Like sometimes I want to say no. And it's like, no, keep the motion. Keep, just receive and just say thank you. And that's it. Make somebody, you know what, give, Chris? Give the happiness to somebody. Yeah, but you know what, Chris? A lot of people give because they expect something in return. A lot of people give what we call a contaminated gift. They give it because there's 20 strings attached to it. And that's why. And it's, that's, there's yeah, only a few. But most people, that's why they give. And they get upset because at one point when they don't see what they get, then they get upset because in reality, they gave it to you because in some way, in some moment, they're going to come back for it. And this is why, like, you know, if I do receive, it would be maybe from a handful of people that I know it would be with none of got those it. strings are attached to it, you know? Got it, got it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting what you're saying, and it makes a lot of sense, especially to us, you know, we're a certain age where we can understand, you know, the value of everything you said. You know, you, got, you, have, to, you have to give, but you also have to learn to receive because by doing that, you're allowing the other person to give. Mm-hmm. But how do, you, how do you transpose that and how do you educate your kids? Because, you know, we're all educating our kids not to always want, right? Give me this. I want this. I want this. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I don't want to walk into a store and have my daughters, for example, oh, can you get me this? Like, you don't want to have that kind of mentality. Uh, so more about yeah. managing their expectations. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's it, it, it's it's a tricky thing, right? Because when you want to teach your kids that, listen, receiving isn't so bad, but you also don't want them to to think that they can have everything either. But but I think the difference is me asking to receive something and me yeah. giving something out of the goodwill of my heart. Yeah, exactly. There's 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 a there's a difference where I'm like, you know what, Chris, George, uh, here, here it is, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm offering you this and you accept it versus you asking for expecting it, it or yeah. asking for it. Yeah, it's, that, it's that. very, it's very different what you're comparing though, because what you're trying to teach your kid is modesty. You can give and receive well and be a modest mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to act with George, you, what, what you just said is like just trying to keep them down on the consumerism. What I'm saying is that if an uncle or a friend says here, I'm giving you this, learn how to cherish that and say, hey, thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah. And yeah. at the same time, you want them to give without keeping a scoreboard because yeah. then the law of yeah. reciprocity is going to do it's good. It's going to work on its own. You don't need to keep, there's a lot of people that keep the scoreboards and I've had it done to me. Oh my God. Oh man. And it's like, hey, like two oh, years later, God. I did this and this and this and 
Wow. What I, 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 I ah. hate those people. And, and, and you hear stories and, you know what I mean? And, it, and, and those people are, to me, it's a form of manipulation. That's all it is. It's not, it's at all not authentic or real. Yeah. But unfortunately, people do it. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes it's easier just to be like, nah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and okay. sometimes giving, we're talking about, we're talking about giving uh, maybe financial, whatever, but sometimes giving your time is also, yeah. and receiving your time is yeah. a value as well, more than anything else. It's easy to give somebody money or find something. It's a lot harder for you to sit there and help a friend in time of need and maybe just listen to him for three, four hours when he's going through shit when all he needs you is to sit there and listen to him and, listen, and yeah. be there to help him and not tell him, man, bro, say, say, bro, what say, boy, say, can just suck and make yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's why it's really, it's really important to get your, our kids. I'm not going to say your kids. I mean, our kids. And yeah. I do it. So I'm just, uh, you got to get them to volunteer. You got to get point. them to understand the value of serving, serving the many and not getting anything in return yet right very important volunteering is very important so yeah it giving your time could be a little bit more um, more important than giving your money away absolutely mind you you should do both i think both are, are important but um volunteering is very very but important I, but, I, but you know when when you hear people say well i don't have money i go give your time hmm. there's always a way to give back there's you know you can give back through your time you can give back through money you know what i mean there's and it's always not even a way money. that we could it's it's, a, it's, like, it's, yeah. it's it's also relative. Like I remember my grandmother, big lady, value. big lady, and I mean big lady. She was a big lady, but she had a big heart, like the biggest heart. That's where my mom takes it. Like my grandmother, man, solid lady. So she would give, but it was so powerful when she gave because she had so little. Mm. So from the little she had, what she gave was a lot, because a lot. what she gave, meaning she she deprived herself from a steak or from a burger or whatever it was. Mm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's giving. So yeah, there is monetary value there, but when she gave, man, she, she deprived herself mm. from it. And for me, that, that's, that's worth more than giving 100,000 when you have 15 million in the bank. Absolutely, yeah. good point. Giving, really 50, giving 50 bucks when you make 10 grand a year is a lot of money. Yeah, good point. You know what I mean? So there's also that. And that's what we're kind of missing. And that, that's where the values come in. Nick, yeah. how, how is your son with all this, uh, you know, the, all the YouTube and like, how, how has he adapted to like your reality? The fact that, you know, you're, you're this online uh, personality uh, and he pretty much grew up with you in this atmosphere, right? It, it's funny because people, people see, now, like now he's 12, right? So people watch me on videos on YouTube. It's like, oh, daddy, you know, a couple of kids saw the videos on on youtube oh yeah he's like oh man that's your dad and this and that so like he, he he's he 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 grew up in that i mean you know i've had him in my gym run around as i train clients and he meets my clients mind you i've tried training him and it doesn't work because i mean you know I, i was like trying to like get him to train and it, it's it never works actually having father training his own kids, right? Like it's, it's never a good re formula. So I put him in other places to train and now, uh, is it, is it because the expectations are video uh, games, man? Is it because the expectations are wrong on both ends? No, I, I'm not, I'm not the type to be like uh, very hard on him or anything like that. I just, when I talk to train, I'm like, no, just do whatever you want. Let's do some TRX. Let's hit the bag. So I, I don't, I don't put any pressure cause I want him to, 
like it and, yeah. and enjoy it. I think that's I, can I ask part. you a question? Yeah. Did you have some kind of a moment or traumatizing uh, situation as a kid that made you dedicate to this aspect of life? Yeah. Protecting yourself, bettering yourself. If you if he yeah. hasn't had that same traumatizing moment, what would drive him into? Uh, me, person, what I would have went into. No, but I mean, you must have had some kind of a moment. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And it drove you into that, into that. Like you're gonna, yeah. you're like, oh, that's it. I'm gonna protect myself. I'm gonna better myself. I'm gonna strengthen myself. I'm gonna make myself faster, so I could stay out of that mess or stay out of yeah. these issues. But he's never had this trauma, a traumatizing moment. No, he's lived. He's lived a very nice Shelter. life in Ro- nice in Rosemar, and you know, <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah. You know uh, maybe you should like mug him. <laughs> and don't tell him it was you and maybe he'll ask you for some training well you know you know what I, you know when he's gonna get his first beating at school he's gonna he's gonna come and see me and there like, you go that's it he needs Sadly, he needs something that motivated you the same thing yeah but you know you know, you know what the good you know what the good thing is though because like i look at myself growing up i never once saw my dad train you understand what i mean like that's not what our dads did you know yeah uh the he fact smoked. that he has this father figure and someone that he looks up to uh, living this sort of lifestyle maybe now he's not interested but in the back of his mind i'm sure he understands the importance of you know staying healthy training uh and i think with time just because he would want to mirror you it's just going to naturally happen that he wants to train like i i I use i use my wife's example all the time my father-in-law he's like i don't know 65 66 he's ripped He's always trained. I mean, that's the lifestyle that he kind of gave to my wife. I mean, she grew up watching her dad train, and that was what normal is. So let's, you know, let me get into it as well. It has to be the example that you give to your kids as well, which I feel bad about because that's how my wife grew up, and that is definitely not how my daughters are growing up. <laughs> George's yeah. father, father-in-law looks like Stallone in Rocky IV. No way. Drip. My, my father-in-law, he's a type same, of guy. Same height. He's a type of guy that if he doesn't train, he gets sick. Like, he's that kind of guy, you know? And he's he looks probably, fantastic. Like, uh, like I, Guys, strength training is the key. When, when men are getting older, lifting weights, strength training is the key to staying young. And I try to, like, I'm 43. I try to lead by example. I try to. You know, it's not only about saying it, it's about doing it because at the end, it doesn't matter what you say, it's what you do that matters. Exactly. That's what people, yeah, at the end, they look at what you do. And I try to lead by example as best as I could. I try to, whatever I tell my clients, whatever I practice, I do my best to, whatever I preach, I try to practice and I try to follow it to the point that sometimes I, I'll, I'll even ask, you know, like like my girlfriend, like I asked her, I said, do I, yeah, be honest, do I, what I, what I, do I practice what I preach? And I'm like, just don't answer. I want you to think about it. Like you've seen me talk to people and do I live the way that I talk to people? And then she's like, yeah, I, yeah. like I train, I eat well. I tell people you want to drink, have your drink. Just, you know, don't have 10 drinks, have two drinks. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean I don't go out and get drunk sometimes. I do. But that's, you know, once in a while. But other than that, I try to really lead. I meditate. I, 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 I try to surround myself with positive and good people. Uh, I try to be the best that I could be, better myself every day. And that's really what I try to inspire 
and hopefully with my son as well, the problem is, um, how do I say it without sh shooting myself in the foot? And <laughs> if we're going to edit this or not. Uh, me and my wife are very different when it comes to raising my son. Yeah. We have two bipolar views on life. And, you know, to me, I'm the harsh dad and this and that. And you know what I mean? And our, 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 the way we grew up was completely different. And the way we were raising our, my son was completely different. And, and one of the reasons why we're not together, because raising our son, was like he goes there and he hears something and he comes here and he hears the complete opposite. Yeah. So he's got two different lives. And I could see sometimes he's confused with the way he's being raised because he'll come from one house to another and say certain things and vice versa. And I'm not saying it's bad or it's good from either side. It's just different. Our values are not the same. So, so what are so you saying? I, so you're, you're, you're saying that you're more harsh. You, you just want to, uh, you know, you, you want to, I don't want to say teach him the hard way, but I mean, you're, you're not like a friend. You're a dad first. No. And like your wife is more lenient or? or no, your no, wife. no, no, no. Not, not I don't. I don't think Nick is actually saying that he's harsh. He's saying that he's, he's his son is being told that Nick is harsh. Well, it, it, yeah, it's happened that you know I'm I'm too strict and this and that and but that's but, but I mean I, I can't get into it too much. I don't want to get a call from a lawyer, but <laughs> I'm just <laughs> no, it, it, it it wouldn't go that far. But you guys, you get the you idea. Have different I mean, philosophies. Different philosophies of life. That's it. And I'm not. I'm not here to say one is better than the other. Yeah. I'm just saying it's different. So I'm more of the, hey, you know, like, give you a great example. He wanted to open a YouTube channel. Yeah. So he goes up to me, Daddy. Uh, I want to open a YouTube channel. I go, great. He goes, uh, but you know, I want to buy a camera. I want to buy this. I want to buy that. I'm like, okay. I go, what do you need to open a YouTube channel? He goes, okay. This is the list I want. Okay. This is what I want. I go, make me a list of everything you need to open your YouTube channel, all the equipment. Make me a list of why this equipment is necessary and give me comparables to each one. Why do you want this camera, this mic, whatever it is? Mm -hmm. Give me a business plan showing me that you're going to be serious about how many videos you're going to post, what you're going to do. Do all that and I'm going to buy you the equipment. And he's like, um, no, no, forget about it. I'll just, uh, you know, I have money anyway. So I go, okay, so then you don't need my money, right? So go use your money. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, but daddy, you told me never use my money when it comes to business. I said, no, no, that's not what I said. I said that if you're going to open a business, if you can use your money, great. If you don't, you go have to go to the bank and get a loan. I go, you want, I'll be the bank. So give me your business plan. I'll give you the loan. If not, go use your own money. And then he was like, he kind of looked back and I, and I felt like he just wanted me to go there, buy him all this stuff. And then he wasn't learning anything. He would have just opened the YouTube channel two weeks later. He would have like dropped everything. And I was like, no, like, I mean, if you're going to learn how to do something and I told him, if you're going to do something, you're going to have to learn how to do it right from the beginning. And it doesn't mean it might not fail. It might not go the way you are, but I need to see that you're serious about doing something before. Same thing. He took acting classes. He's a, He's a really good actor. And I took him into acting because he was very, and I'll say this to, to dads who are watching this, 
put your kids in acting class. Yeah. Every kid should start acting classes. My son was very shy, introvert, um, wouldn't look you in the eyes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I put him in acting classes. He was like, he was intimidated. After two years, he got up and he did a monologue. Mm. Took him two kind of years of acting classes. Yeah. It completely changed his mindset. It gave him confidence, better communication, better listening skills. Because I took acting classes for almost five years as well. And then just to go back to the story, he took acting classes. He started it the last time. After the third one, he goes up to me, okay, daddy, I don't want to do it anymore. I want to stop. I go, no, 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 no. I go, I paid for 10 classes. It cost me 350 bucks. Mm. Are you going to give me back the money or are you going to do the classes? Which one do you want? Mm-hmm. I go, I don't care if you don't like it. You start it, you're going to finish it. And if you don't want to do it next time, that's fine. I'll make you do something else. But you're not quitting halfway. And yeah, yeah. That's, that's where I'm a little bit more harsh. But to me, it's not harsh. It should, I want to prepare him later on in life. Because later on in life, because he told me, he tells me, oh, daddy, it's not fair. I go, no, I get used to it. Life is not fair. Get used to it. It's not fair. Yeah. And let me tell you, it's a lot more fair than I ever had it. So don't, don't just start getting used to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're teaching him that uh, basically you're forcing him to make a sacrifice. And then he's questioning his decision because he's weighing his sacrifice versus what he wants. So he's going to learn to sacrifice when he really wants something. Versus just sacrificing for fun. Yeah, or, or but what they're also learning is that as soon as something gets hard, they just quit. Yeah. That's what happens. Oh, no, that's what, when, when dad and mom are funding, yeah. That's, a, that's what we were talking about before. It's, they, they never get to the point where they can reap, the, the, where they can get the fruit of the labor. You know what I mean? They, they'll never get there. They'll never, they'll never put in enough work. And our kids are the same age, Nick, and it's the same thing. His line is, it's not fair. He says it, it's not fair uh, maybe three times a day. My and son I, Alex is I'm six the same boy. He, he says it all the time, times, right? Yeah. Times. And I tell him, life is not fair. Stop saying it. I don't care. I tell him, it's not fair. Get, get used to it. And then I tell him, it's, then I tell him, I, I try to give it a little, I try to change a little bit, go a little more philosophical. And I tell him, look, life is unfair for everybody, which makes it fair. So take it that way. It's fair because it's unfair for everybody. So the playing field is fair, yeah. but it's unfair. You know, Get used to it. Chris, you know what I told my son? I said, no, listen to me. I go, when you're off my payroll, <laughs> knock yourself out. <laughs> Do whatever you want. Yeah. I go, you know, how, you know what age I was off Papu's payroll? At 16. At 16, I was off Papu's payroll. Yeah. I had left, left school and I was working at McDonald's. Now, I'm not telling you to do that. But until you're living here and I'm supporting you, guess what? Oh, wow. I'm making, I'm making the rules. Yeah, yeah. Once you get a job, knock yourself out. I got off my dad's payroll at uh, 55, I think. <laughs> <laughs> He's still on it. <laughs> no, no, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. No, it, 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 it's true. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a harsh lesson, but it has to be taught. But you see, I, I don't think we were any different. What do, what do you mean? I don't think we were any different. Like, I mean, the only difference was that we didn't have the option of asking that. Well, guys, it varies from household to household, right? Yeah. Not everybody had the same but dad. I, I'm just saying, if our dads said yes to everything, we just felt like trying. No, 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 no. We George, wouldn't value anything. 
We were the no. Look, I was kidding about the joke at fifty-five. My our my parents, well, our parents' generation was the no generation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Out of a hundred, it was ninety-nine no's and one yes. And when there was a yes, yeah. it was like, wow, oh my god, I got a yes. I got, it I got a yes. It was still a maybe. And it was still, and it was still a maybe until the moment where it was time to like say for the real yes. You know, you're at the place, you're in line, you're waiting for your turn. It's still a maybe. That's right. Today, today, the way we parent is a, a yes mentality. So out of 100, you get 99 yeses. That no stings. That one no is a bad one. You got to negotiate. Also, you, in, a, in our parents' defense, uh, things cost the same thing back then as they do now. Bikes, toys, uh, lessons for this, lessons for that. It was the same fee, just that our salaries have quadrupled. Yeah. yeah. So that's where the yeses are coming from. But it's look, good that you're teaching him the finance, though, Nick. The 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 learning the money, because you know, kids are learning to spend it and not to earn it, not to think about it, not to respect it. And then they get 25, 30 years old, and they blame the government for not making any money. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You know, you know what my son told me? It was it like, Daddy? Uh, when you die, am I gonna inherit your building? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, he's thinking I already. Go. He's already there. This guy. Someone's go, been talking to him. I go, I go, I go, I go, what? I go, no, what are you talking about in that? I go, how do you know that I go, word? I, yeah, I go, no, let me tell you something. I said, Juan, who told you I'm leaving you this building? Who told you? I go, I think it's going to go to anybody. It's going to go to my, it's going to go to your aunt, my sister. Second of all, we don't talk about inheritance. You want, want you go out, you work your ass off. Because let me tell you something. I don't owe you shit. Yeah. I don't know you shit. Society owes you shit. Guess what? You owe society something. And if you think you're going to come here and you're going to get a free ride, let me tell you something, Noah. You're freaking dreaming. Because oh, you're wow. going to get nothing. You're going to get what I'm getting. You know what you're going to get? At 16, you're going to go to McDonald's and I'm going to make you flip some burgers so you could bring your hands in the fires Absolutely. and go work for minimum wage while they yeah, fucking yeah. scream at you in line. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, guess yeah. what? You're going to work a part-time job for fun, maybe. I had to freaking come back and bring money and fucking pay bills and do shit. So don't even go there. Don't even go there. So it's like I told him straight out. And for, for a freaking 11-year-old kid to be telling me this, it blew my brains out. Neither of my like, kids I hear sometimes. where, But it's not his fault, right? Because I don't know where he gets it from. Uh, but he, he heard it somewhere. He heard it somewhere. He creates it somewhere, whatever it is. And, and I, I got to nip that shit in the butt and be very clear that these type of ideas, conversations, it's like, nope, it's not happening. But look, l l l just, just to play devil's advocate, okay, just to go back to the example about him wanting to start a YouTube channel. I get the father instinct in you trying to teach him, like, look, you're not going to get anything until you realize how serious this is and, you know, you got to get your stuff in order. But let's say hypothetically you were like, you know what, look, forget about all the equipment. Let me just get you started with a little camera. And, you know, perhaps he's going to develop that interest. You know what I mean? It's like you just so you can see how it's going to, built from there you know uh and i'm not saying you did that no 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 uh, no, no, no. i'm just thinking but, that what if what if like you killed the dream before it even had time but, to start? But, but you know what it is i'll tell you one thing when somebody has a dream and he wants something you find a way to make it happen do you think do you think at 10 even or 11 if, do you think at 10 or 11 yes that? yeah you know you know what my two cents yes, is this one because go nick sorry go ahead I, I believe honestly that no matter the age, when you want something, we always find a way when we truly, truly value it. 
And I think that goes for any age. And I, I don't believe that, you know, may, maybe later on he's going to get it. But for right now, I don't want to, I don't want to feed the illusion and create something that's going to be worse in the long term. Maybe when he gets older and he's 16, he goes, daddy, I really want to do this. And he proves to me because I go, I don't prove to me first. You really want it. Then we'll talk about it. Find a way. Tell me, yeah. show me. Tell it's, me. Uh... It's different methods, man. It's different methods. Because Nick, look, I, I, I agree with you, Nick, on this one. I'm more entrepreneurial when it comes to that. And one is teaching him how to go about something. So he teaches structure, commitment, do it, show me, and then you go for it. So that's when you want to, the lesson here is you're trying to teach him more how to maybe create a business. The way you're talking about it, George, is you're trying to create him how to get involved with an activity. And they're two different things. Not you get involved with an activity. No, just, just to see if there's really an interest, you know, because look, look, I have a daughter. I know that every single morning she's going to wake up and she's going to turn on the piano and she's, she, she can't play, but she just hits the keys and like it's fun. Like she dances, she sings. And I'm thinking, okay, look, she she has a natural leaning towards music. I don't know what it is yet. Maybe there's nothing, but I see that there's an interest there. If the piano wasn't there, maybe she'd be singing to something else or maybe she'd be making noise or maybe she'd be banging with something else. But I'm just saying that what if you kind of open that door and just give him a push and say, okay, show me where you want to go first and then we'll talk about the next. It's, it's not the right comparison because the comparison would be if your daughter came to you and said, I want a piano, I want a drum kit, I need yeah. some recording, yeah. exactly. headset, and uh, you know what? I want to get involved. And you, uh, uh, wait Nick, a minute. <laughs> what, what Nick's what Nick's son needs is a three hundred dollar laptop, and he gets all his problem. Everything he needs is a camera, a mic. Everything he wants is on that yeah. three hundred dollar camera. But he wants to go further. He wants to go professional. But for something he can walk away from in an instant. Like my kid now, he's looking like it's it's funny. I never asked for these gifts when I was young. But we didn't ask for gifts. We got whatever we got. But like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got Imagine, whatever we got. Huh? Yeah, and, we and if we get something, come on. And, and sometimes it'll be like a gift from your father and your mother together. It's like one, you know. Now, now they expect different gifts anyway. But he's looking at like mouses and gaming uh, keyboards and towers. My it's God. Sure. So what are you you know how much about? that shit could end up costing you if you really... I know, I know. No, no. But and, and let me... Can I tell you something? I've met kids that their parents gave them any, everything too soon, too fast. And they get to an age where because you've never fought for something, you've never suffered a little bit for it, you've never had to grind it out, the reward came so easy that after a while, you don't learn how to be resilient or to fight for anything. And a lot of times these kids grow older, and some of them are our age, are men, and they're lost in life. They're lost. And I've seen some of these people. They're lost. They're not happy because... They've, they've, they've gotten everything too fast, too soon, and it, it poisons your mind because you don't really know what you want. If you're willing to fight for something and you're willing to grind it out, it's because you really want it. But if you keep getting everything fast, it's easy to jump from one thing to another. Yeah, I agree. Easy come, easy go. That's consumerism today, and that, that, that's the difference. When a, a little girl used to get a doll, first of all, she would cherish that doll. She would hold it with her. It would be her favorite and she would remember who got it to her, right? Who gave it to her and how she got it. So it's attached to a memory. And that's, that's like a memory. That's lifelong. When you give a girl a new doll every 16 days or every month, she has 25 of them. She's going to name them. She's going to have fun with them. But it means nothing. It's next. 
it's very important. That's a, that, that uh, psychology 101. You do that, then obviously your kid's going to become a consumerist and he's not going to value things. Because yeah. everything is disposable. Yeah, yeah. disposable. It's, it's very simple. It's, it's, it's simple. This is like 101. It's like, yeah. you're, you're, you're right. And, and that's what we're doing. So you know what? We got to start the no. We got to start to know with a lot of things. So wait, so so your kid now what? He wants those towers with a big cooling fans. Uh, he's coming. He's coming to me with, with the phone. He takes my phone and he does a search and look at this thing. And there's yeah towers with things and gaming and fans for double gaming streaming, and and the mouse. This is a, this is not a good mouse, Baba. I, I need a gamer's mouse. The gamer's mouse has more buttons. Oh, uh, Chris, let's get your son and my son together, bro. Let me set that. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Does your son? It's 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 a little bit of a weird question, for all of you. Do does your son think you're rich? You have money. Of course, I think it's an endless supply. <laughs> yeah, they think yeah. they think they can have everything. Yeah. Look, you, my my daughters are still young. My 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 eldest is five, and the, uh, the younger yeah. one is just turning two in a in a week. So I don't know if they have that uh, understanding of you know how it works. You know, like you got to go work, you got to get money. You know what I mean? Maybe also because you just used to getting everything. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a sucker, and I, you know, I, I don't know how their mind works at that age. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, maybe they do think that whatever I want, it's there. I don't, my, I don't really understand the notion of money yet. My my son was joking about burning the house down. I'm like, where are you gonna live if we burn this house? You're gonna buy another one. I'm like, how am I gonna buy another one? And we have everything invested in here from your savings. I'm like, yeah. he, he doesn't, he just don't get it. Maybe it's just an endless supply. Because the fridge is full, everything else is loaded. Yeah, us is different. I'm a little, I'm a little weirdo when it comes to this stuff. He always asks me how much we make. What do you know? He he's very interested in money because I have him, I have him in a system with jars, so he he, he saves that. Oh wow, he has that's a, good. Yeah, yeah. He has a bank account. We go deposit his money. He has an envelope. He has his. So so he's he's always interested in money, but. I want him to value things, but I don't want him to come from a scarcity mentality. Mm. I want him to think that he could get things in abundance. So I want him to, I want him to know that he can have everything he wants and like a million dollars is not a lot of money. You know what I mean? It's not, I don't, I don't make him think, oh, you gotta, you, you, minimum, there's no minimum wage in our mentality in this house. We don't think, we, I don't think like that. Like if you want to make a million dollars, yeah, you can. You absolutely yeah. can. This is what you, we got to do. How do you how do you teach that, Chris? How do you how do you teach uh, that balance of look? Uh, yes, you want a million bucks is like it's it's reachable, but at the same time, you have to control what you can have. I'll tell him material. Well, first of all, like he his friends buy two hundred dollar cleats. I don't think we spend more than fifty. You know, I, can I buy two hundred dollars purse? Yeah, I could. I could afford that. Yeah. No, you're not gonna get that. So the value comes when no, no, we're not buying that. It's too yeah. expensive. Can you find it cheaper? Yes. Why would you spend it there? First of all, I tell them every time you make a hundred bucks, you can't spend a hundred bucks. Most kids, every time they get a hundred bucks, they wanna add another hundred and go spend two hundred. My kid, when he gets a hundred bucks from Papu, or he earns it, or he made it because he sold chocolates or whatever he did, that a hundred bucks, he can only spend twenty. That means eighty goes in a jar. So he knows that out of the 100, you spend 20. But I don't want him to think that he can make. So I teach him that he has to, don't, don't, don't think what you're going to become. Are you going to become an accountant? Or are you gonna, no, think who you're going to become. What kind of values? What kind of person do you want to be? 
What kind of transactions? Do you want to lead people? Do you want to do public speak? Do you want to influence people? That, that's a conversation I'm having. I'm not asking, do you want to be a fireman? Do you want to be an engineer? Forget that. He doesn't know what that means. Yeah. And, and I, what we do is we ask the wrong questions. Look, think about it. We always ask, what do you want to be when you're old? No, it's who do you want to be? So yeah. we're focusing on the person. We're focusing on what you need to do, right? So when he takes out the trash, I don't pay him. Because that's what he needs to do. When he makes his bed, I don't pay him. He has to do that. You know what? I, I, I've heard that. My son told me, Daddy, if I do my room, are you going to pay me? No. Nope. I go, what? pay you? You know what the problem is? Sorry, because I'm going to say something very important. We, we um, how do we say that? We, we give to, like, I've heard people like, yeah, he gets paid. You know, we pay him so he could clean the house. He lives here. He's supposed to clean the house. Absolutely. He's supposed to cut the grass. Because I, I, I told them, I'm like, clean my gym. It's like, well, are you going to pay me? I go, let me ask you. I'm already paying you. Who do you think's paying for you, that? I go, he, you go clean my gym because I'm already paying for you. Yeah, so yeah. Whether he cleans the car, whether he does the bath, that, that's whatever is in that. Whatever is, whatever is helping in this house where he lives is what you have to do. You just got to get that done. So, but, how does, so how does the revenue come, Chris? What, how do you pay him? So I'll compensate on the extra. So like, you know what? You were playing somewhere, and last time he did this a long time ago. But he gave a he, he gave there was a kid in the lane, and he didn't have a toy, and he gave it to him. Yeah. That I compensate. That was yeah, good. Yeah. You saw something that you had in abundance, and somebody didn't, and you, th that you get paid for. If you go by yourself and you read a book, and I see you doing something, you'll get money. If yeah. I see you um, treating somebody the right way, you'll get paid for that. And obviously for 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 like. You know the grandparents Chris, and all that. Chris, I can't control I'm gonna, that. Chris, I'm going to be a little bit of a devil's advocate here because you know I yeah. love you, but are you also teaching him that I'm getting paid to do something good when it's just it's something he should do? He okay. should. What do you mean? Like, I mean, the oh, you mean you mean he shouldn't get paid for it? Yeah. To me, it's like you gave somebody to something to help somebody, which is great. Yeah. Should you pay for him? Is he gonna? Well, look, what? Yeah, yeah. Good, 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 good question. It's I don't pay. I don't pay him to teach him that somebody will pay for him, or he's okay. gonna get. He's gonna get paid for doing that. I pay him to show him that compensation comes from doing good things. Yeah, you mean like the tooth fairy. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't teach him that. You know what? Give your toy and say, but somebody's gonna pay you for it. No. What I teach him is that. Baba, the way he deals with you is if I see good actions that come from you, actions, yeah. from your initiative, your you initiative. thought about it, you did the right thing. You know what? I pay you for that. But, some, like, like you said, it's training. It's, it's sad, but it's a form of training mm -hmm. Absolutely. to do some of this stuff. Like I do the same when I, when I go downtown and I see a homeless person or whatever, I'll give the money to my son. I'll go, no, I'll go, 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 go give him the money. Yeah. And I purposely make him do it. Mm -hmm. and, I, uh, and, and I always see, say hello, be nice to him. You know what I mean? Give it to him and smile and say, you know, have a nice day. That, that is what I try to teach him in, in those ways that also to, to teach him the importance of giving, you know, and, and, yeah, and yeah. remind him. I tell him, you have no clue how lucky you are. We're all we're all lucky. Just living here, we're lucky. We could be living in freaking some country where we're being bombed. As much as people are freaking out over this COVID, we live in one of the greatest, safest. Like to me, I tell people, if you if you're born here, you already won the lottery. Yeah. You could have been born in one of these countries where fucking people don't eat, starving, war. So 
we're, we're, yeah. we're, we need to remind ourselves too to be grateful. Yeah, gratitude, number one. Absolutely. Gratitude, yeah. Absolutely. But I just want to go back to what you're saying about the deeds and not paying for the deeds. Like, is, is it that bad if you have a schedule for the week and say, okay, listen, um, you got to do your bed every day. You got to help with the dishes every day. Uh, you know, once a week, uh, whatever, it's garbage day. And then, you know, once you've accumulated all that, you know, there's like a $10 waiting for you at the end of the week, you know, but you yeah, have to go I mean, through the, you have to go through the chores, you know? It's up to you. Everybody has its own thing. For me, in this, in my family, money is not taboo. I think I like, I, I don't consider, I don't consider rich people greedy. I don't come from that mindset. No. Yeah. I think money is great. I think people should learn how to love money and respect money. Obviously, you don't want to be greedy and you don't want to be somebody that's going to be destroyed by money. But money magnifies who you really are. If you're a good person with some money, you're going to become better. If you're a really rotten person with some money, you're going to do rotten things. But we respect money. I don't teach them that money is bad. I don't teach them rich people are bad. Yeah. Value money. You know what? Treat it well and it will do good things for you. Invest in money and money will take care of you. Not it's, it's interesting. It, you know, so that, that, that's where we come from. So it's not taboo in my family. So no, I wouldn't give him money for doing chores. I would give him money for, you know. My, my son told me something interesting. He goes, Daddy, uh, you, uh, it's all about money. Huh? You love money. I go, really? What, what, why do you say that? Well, you know, you, 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 you work a lot. I go, why do you think I work a lot? You think, you think I want to work on a Saturday? You think I want to work on a Sunday? No, I don't. It's, it's part of what I need to do to survive and to, to give you the... I go, why do you think you go to Greece every summer? Yeah. How do you think you do the things you do? Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I have to work and I have to sacrifice. And sometimes I have to be straight out. I go, because like, now I talk to him like an adult. I go, Noah, if you think I want to work as much as I do, I don't. If I could, I'd be working less. I'd work 60 hours a week or 50 hours a week. I'm definitely not 70 and, and, and be filming on a Sunday, but that's what I have to do. That's the sacrifice I make as a father. And when you're older, I hope you don't have to do the same thing I do. Maybe you'll do it less. Yeah, but that's the responsibility I took in, and that's what I have to do. At this moment in my life, that's what it is. And... Again, that association with money is important. I'm with you, Chris. And man, you know, it's this Greek thing, and I'm going to say it. Oh, all the Greek, all the eclipse, and they're like this and like that. No. Zero, yeah, zero talk like that in my house. Zero. zero. Like, I, 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 and it's, like I said, I call it a Greek thing where they think every time the guy's rich, he probably screwed somebody. I don't have that mentality. I've met wealthy clients that I've trained, they're the nicest kindest they're 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 giving the idea that every rich person scammed and screwed somebody over is a bad mentality and most of the time i hear that from people who are unsuccessful who are envious who wish they had that money who wish they could do that in most cases it's these type of people who talk about that shit well yeah obviously it's the broke person that's going to say money is not important because for him money is not important because he never made it so so it's 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 respecting look I, I talk to my kid like as if he's an adult. I know my wife. Yeah, me too. We, I talk to we, we disagree with that with my wife, but it's fine. But well, I, you see, I sorry, tell Chris. Him, yeah. Sorry, Chris. When I talk about certain differences between Mike's wife, like you said, I talk to him like a man. I straight up. I'm not going to be like, oh, Noah, you know, come over here. No, no. This is what it is. But this is the best information I can give you right now. And, and that's all it is. Like straight yeah. out. There's no like... You know, sugarcoating it to like yeah, me too. And to I, I tell them like I could be wrong, but this is it. And I tell them with the money, it's like 
money is something it's one of the problems you're going to have to solve really quick and really fast in your life because money fuels choices. Money gives you other freedoms. You don't, you don't make money to make money. You make money for time. So you're either going to spend all your life, give all your time to make a little bit of money, or you can start making money, investing that money for time. So that's the kind of, that's how we talk. So he doesn't hate it. He likes it. He's interested about it. And if he's, that's why when he comes to me and he says, I want to do a YouTube channel. Okay, let's sit down. What do you want to do? You know, I'll help you, but you're right. Come prepared. Like you said, come correct. Are you going to have, uh, are you going to have the same approach with your daughter? Like obviously the relationship between dad and son, uh, you know, it's different than dad and daughter, right? Where she's like your little sweetheart and you want to just, you know, uh, protect her and uh, and hug her all the time are you going to have that same approach with her are you going to be as real uh, as you are with, uh, with absolutely her? absolutely I, see i believe in i don't believe in well uh, look she's four so i haven't started having these conversations yeah. with her but no i think the values are the same yeah like i'm not going to tell her yeah. hey don't do anything and some guy's going to marry a rich guy no take care <laughs> of yourself take care of yourself and then if, if you meet somebody that's wealthy as well great now one plus one equals eleven. Great, but it's not gonna. It's gonna be the same. The values are the same, man. The, the value. The value with money is like use money as a tool. You know, it's money is not bad. People have made it bad, but you know what? Everywhere you go, people people ask you for it. Yeah. So I'm not gonna sit there and demonize money. Money is important. You want to go to the park? You pay for parking. It costs you five bucks to go to the park. Now, are we gonna say it's not important? No, man. Solve that problem early on in your life. That's it. You want to make ten million? You could. We live in a society where you could make it. You want to make a million, you could. Don't think, don't think what's the minimum wage. Yeah, yeah. I want my kid to work minimum wage at 16 so he doesn't at 40. And, and you know, at, at the end, what I tell people, it's, it's what, are you, what are you willing to sacrifice to get it? What are you willing to sacrifice to get it? How much effort are you willing to put? And at the end, I, and this is what I want to teach my son, is really don't base your career on money based on something you love that that is that is the fundamental pig and the money will follow and the money will follow and if it doesn't you'll still enjoy yourself all the way there even yeah. if you're not making you don't need i always tell people the, the best way is write down define your ideal life and what it would look like realistically and how much money do you need to live that life mm -hmm. start with that yeah, but, you, but you're also living that example, right, Nick? I mean, and you know, it's what, going back to what we we're saying before. I mean, you're doing something that you're enjoying, that you love. Your son is seeing this, right? Yeah. Uh, and obviously, it incorporates training and incorporates, you know, a healthy uh, lifestyle. And it, I think that there's so much more chances, for example, your son to to develop this kind of lifestyle than someone who you know whose dad doesn't have this kind of lifestyle. Yeah, I, for sure, like seeing me do it for right now, I, I don't see that in him. Yeah. But he's also 12 and maybe at 14, 15, suddenly he's going to get into it. But for right, for right now, I don't see that. And I don't want to pressure, like I, I want to let him leave his options open and find what he likes. That's why I put him in, I put him in many different, type of activities till he likes something. He says, wow, I really, really like this. Yeah. I really want to do this right now. Like you, Chris, he's into the gaming. He wants to open a gaming channel. He's on Fortnite. He's created a team, all this shit. Yeah. And to be honest with you, he's so into it that, you know, 
he's like, daddy, I'm doing competitions and this and that. I'm like, okay, like at least he's becoming good at it. Or I mean, if, if that's what he wants to do, then Hey, like, I mean, at the end, if you could pay your bills playing video games, great, but don't come tell me, Hey dad, can you pay my bills? Cause I'm playing video games. I'm like, no, go get a job and play your own video yeah, games. Yeah. I, be simple I, like that. Yeah. I, I let him dream though. I let him dream a bit. Like I, I'm very like a little cutthroat when it comes to the principles and the values. And I want to, and I keep telling him things like, obviously, repetition is the mother of all skill. You, you repeat it, it doesn't mean they're going to understand it, but because you've repeated it maybe a hundred times in his lifetime, by the time he's 19, it's, it's there. It's, when he needs to go get it, it's there. But I let him dream in the sense of like, this is what I do differently from other parents. Like, I see him watching, uh, last time he was watching a, a YouTube channel about the guy who won the Fortnite competition. And the guy got, 20 million is a fucking stupid. I, I don't know what he got, but he was like what? 20. My son told me it's like 20 million. I'm like, his name is Ninja something. He's like, uh, he was telling me about it. It's like crazy. Yeah. So he was watching that. So I didn't, I saw him motivated. I saw him inspired. He was like, yeah, look, he did that. And he was, you know what? So I, I saw that he thought that maybe he could do that. So I didn't tell him to turn it off. Yeah. I didn't tell him you're watching stupid stuff. Let him dream. You know, the Let correction is going to come later. Let him dream. Yeah. And if he really wants that, and we'll get there. You know what I mean? But don't stop the dreaming, I find, you know? Because maybe, I don't know, we're, we're musicians here, but maybe, I don't know, maybe in the subconscious mind, uh, maybe because your dad told you, you know what, you can't play rock or you can't make it in a band. Maybe that's why you never made it. You know what I mean? Like, you don't or, know. Or, or, or for some, that's why they made it too. Huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's exactly... It's so I, don't fuck with people's brains. Don't fuck with your kid's brain. But, Leave but, it. But you know what? Can I tell you something, Chris? And this is this is my opinion, is that, you know, you've had people who've told they were great and they did nothing. You had people who were told shit and they did amazing stuff. Mm -hmm. I think it's irrelevant. And it's irrelevant. And, and, and I did Landmark. You've heard of Landmark? Absolutely. Yeah. So I did Landmark. And, I, and there was a few things I took out of that weekend. And he said, your kids will become what they what they choose irrelevant of what you do or don't do mm -hmm. at the end the kid's going to create a story based on an event and recreate that story and build you know and and build who he is through that mm -hmm. so you could tell a kid you're great you're great you're great and he does shit you mm -hmm. can tell a kid he sucks you'll never make it you're a loser and he surpasses everything yeah. and that's a personal choice each child will make irrelevant of how great we are as parents. Yeah. That's what I believe. But, you, but uh, our parents should always try to keep it the best, the best performance possible. Try to be the best parent you can. If you're lucky enough to have a kid who becomes successful with shit parenting, like good for the kid, but they're not all that, that, that much. Mm. You'd be that, surprised, man. That strong-minded, you know? Most, most of the most successful people came from fucked up parents back well we, because they, they they've learned how to turn the driven. adversity into opportunity right they they, they they got fueled from the adversity driven by struggle yeah they learned well, by the struggle it, it, yeah. it's it's the resilience is built from a young age because you have no choice so it's like you take a beating when you're young but after a while the beatings you get used to it so they don't affect you so it takes a bigger beating to drop you and a bigger beating and it gets to a point where you're like there's really nothing that could take me down and if it does well, I've been there before. I'll just get up and keep going. So that resilience is mm -hmm. taught from a young age. That is oh. builds your character. And you get to a point where you carry that through your mindset. And that, and that, and that you can't teach. It just, it's developed through time. Yeah. It, 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. But you got you got to keep. Look, uh, I've said this before, and I I believe that this is a, this is this is for me this is the axiom. It's it's you you build the strong foundation, but you you let them have wings. Mm. So when the foundation is strong, they know where they stand. They're autonomous. They don't depend on anybody. They could depend on themselves. So the foundation is strong with values. But at the same time, you can't just keep them grounded all the time. They no. need to know that they could develop wings and that's the hard balance that you got to keep but you got to keep it real and i think everything is fueled by understanding and i repeat this to my kid i know he doesn't understand it yet but i tell him almost every week i tell him if you do today what's easy your life will be hard but if you do what's hard today your life will be easy yeah so i just wanted to start getting used to doing hard things and not giving up on the hard it doesn't matter what the result is i don't want to control the outcome yeah. but if you can get through the hard it will be easy later you know what I mean? And don't, don't go for the yeah. easy. Don't go for the comfort zone all the time. Yeah. You, you got I mean? to teach them like, like training. The harder the, the harder the exercise that you can't do, the more results you're going to get. That's it. And I'm not always that big dad words. I'm always like, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll play fight. I joke around with him. Like we, ha we, have, we have the good moments too. But you know what? When we're out there and we're working, we're working. We're, we're doing things right. For me, there's always a lesson. And you could always learn from, there's warnings and there's like examples, right? The examples, you keep doing more of these. And the warnings is like, hey, this is a warning. Look, don't do this. Yeah. Yeah. You know? You know, stop doing that. You don't want to, do you want to work like that? No. Do you want to be like that? No. Okay. So this is what we got to do. But we don't have the... And back to Nick's point, you could do all these great, perfect things, and <laughs> sometimes you can't even influence the result. Yeah, that's true. Such that's a delicate balance, such a trial. That's and part of life, thing. man. You know, yeah. you know. I, I worked in clubs for I worked in clubs for years, right? I was a bouncer, and you know, just story. I, I knew this kid, good family, kid had everything. Like, got involved in fucking drugs, man. Got mm. drugs, became an addict, and there was no reason for this fucking kid to ever get involved in this when he had the good family, he had everything. And just one night, he took a fucking line of blow in a bathroom. That was it. That was it. Yeah. That was it. And it's that fucking easy for any of our kids, yeah. knock on wood, to go off points. track. So yeah. we could protect them all we want, but there's a certain amount that I. Maybe because I was raised very differently and I don't want to raise my son. There's no way I want to raise him the way I was raised. Mm -hmm. But I also don't want, I want to find a little bit, not even the middle, a little bit lower than the middle where I could like, you know, I'm not at 16, 17. If he tells me dad, I want to move out of the house. Be like, yeah, man, go ahead. No, because I know I'm, I'm not doing him a service by being there and doing everything for him. I want him to be off my payroll as young as possible. I want him to be independent. I want him to learn how to cook and clean, manage his house on his own as young as possible. So when, and I've told him, I go, Noah, one day I'm, you know, I go, you know what my job is as a father, Noah? I go, one day when I'm not going to be here, you're not dependent on anybody, not on me, yeah. not on your mom, not on any, you can stand on your own two feet alone. Yeah. That's my goal as a father, that you depend on nobody. Yeah. That you're able to be, solid emotionally physically mentally spiritually financially that you're good then i know i did my job but Absolutely. if i can't do that then i fail that to yeah. me it's what it's all about and that's, money that's where i'm at is, it's not it's not the money that i'm measuring this with because if you're a millionaire but you're on fucking antidepressants and you hate your life and you're in a shitty relationship and your life is shit 
you're not going to be happy. Your fucking millions of dollars are not going to fucking, you know, comfort you at the end of the day. It's not that, but it's you being good with yourself when you're yeah. alone, looking in the mirror, being fulfilled, content, and happy. I think that's my goal as a father. The most we got to teach them to treat their body like a temple. Yeah. Only good stuff in. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Teach them and to that, respect and love themselves so much that they're not going to do this damage to themselves. Love yourself. Love yeah, who yeah. you are and, and love what you could become and, and don't hate who you've been and just, just love yourself so you don't have to go down this path. Don't, you know, try to avoid that depression, that, that sadness too. And, yeah, yeah. Strong mind. Strong mind. And you know what? It, it's the temple is the mind as well. A lot of people tend to forget that. Yeah. You got you to gotta, you gotta keep yeah. the garbage out of your mouth, but you got to keep the garbage out of your mind. And it's yeah. even more important because people yeah. are toxic yeah. and they plant shit and they plant garbage and it goes in your mind. And then it doesn't go from one ear to the other. It goes in and it stays in and it multiplies. And then you go around carrying other people's garbage in your mind. So Look, very important. The very mind navigate the mind navigates the body without the proper mindset. Look, yeah, yeah. people look at me as a fitness trainer. I'm not a, I, I don't I tell people I'm not a trainer. I'm a coach. Because I know if I don't work this, the rest is not gonna happen. Yeah, because if you train with me twice a week and you eat shit half the time, I'm not do, doing my job. Yeah. My job is to rewire this and help you first work on this. I do it subconsciously while I train clients. They're not even aware I do it a lot of time. What I say, how I talk to them, what I ask them. Because I know you're that leading them up to personal discoveries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Very because I, I'm training you for two hours. But what do you do the rest of the time? If you're not eating well... If you're, if you're binge eating, if you're depressed, or if you're not, and all that comes out through your training. Your, your body brings all that shit out. I want to say something. I have a confession. What? Oh, shit. Don't be disappointed, man. But he cheated ever, on his diet. Ever since we stopped training, I gained 20 pounds. Uh, <laughs> Go back to the drawing board. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> but, but Chris, I mean, I mean... And we're doing so well. We're doing so well. Hey, look, look, look. As soon as it's a little plateau, we hit a little bit of a slump. We're going to get back. We're going to get back. <laughs> Do the fasting, with, Chris. With most people, I would worry. With most people, Chris, I would worry. With you, I don't. Because I know your, your mindset that as soon as we get back, you're going to be back on track. All right. Good. Now, the key for you is to learn how to do it is for you to learn how to stay on track when I'm not there. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's your, but that you'll build with time. Absolutely. It doesn't happen overnight. Good. Awesome. Uh, you gotta, you got to go back to that discipline, Chris. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. And, and learn to embrace your suffering. I know. Yes, yes. Feed your Because uh, life is suffering demon. all the time. Uh, Nick, we've kept you on uh, for a long time, dude. You've been very generous with your time. Uh, just before we wrap I love it up, this. I love this. Before we wrap it up, um, is there anything that you're working on right now, or is there anything that you're doing that you want to share, or is there anything you're looking forward to? Sorry, man, you cut. I didn't hear anything. Uh, okay, I said before we wrap it up. I was wondering if you had anything that you're working on right now, or that you're looking forward to. Um. Am I working on anything right now? I'm just mostly working on my online, uh, on my membership side, training people online. Uh, I have this new project because I'm always working on new things. I'm 
building or working on creating an online gym. Okay. It says internet connection is unstable. Oh, we can hear you. We can see yeah, you. You're here. We get you. Are you there? Oh, we lost him. Right at the end. Yeah, tell, tell us about that plan, man, uh, about your virtual gym, your online gym. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I'm always like thinking of you, you, you know, I'm always thinking of what's going to be next. And um, last year, I almost opened the gym, which, funny thing, Chris, if we would have went through it, we'd be opening in May. Yeah, we'd be, yeah, or yeah. we'd be closing in May. We almost opened um, the gym together, and I was waiting to lose weight. So, yeah, so it would be a bad time to start a gym now. So it would have been a fat owner. <laughs> Imagine would have opened it and closed it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and seriously. Then I, and then with everything that's going on, I, I had this idea to open a virtual gym. So basically, like like people pay for online courses and boot camps, but actually at a much bigger scale, where I can have people all around the world doing my type of training, which would combine like self defense, boxing, kickboxing, as well as strength training having access to like 15, 20 classes a week and uh, people would sign up and uh, be able to have those classes. So, but I'm, I'm trying to think of something even a little bit more creative to put together with this. So uh, I'm, I'm actually- Can I interrupt uh, for a second? Yeah. Would it be like one of those, um, like those spinning classes that people do? Like, like there's thousands of uh, people online at the same time, at, at a certain time around the world, no matter where you are, this is the time they all get on with this trainer who has the microphone, is telling everything what to do, the timing and all that. Pretty much. Yeah, that's, that's, cool. that, that's a little bit what I want to be doing. But I have a couple of ideas and, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting together with a programmer to see what could be done because... I always think we got to think outside the box and be able to do something different than you. And I always try to, as much as possible, I always try to think of where we're going to be in five years and, 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 and try to create something that hasn't been done before. I like, I like that challenge of being able to put something together. So that's really what I'm, you know, that's the next thing I'm going to be working on because I do think that this is going to be going on a lot longer than we think. And it might go away and then come back. So uh, if it happens again, I want to be fully prepared for whatever happens. Awesome. Uh, just for the record, where do people find you? If they need anything? Best place, my website, nickjoseph.com. If they go to Instagram, Nick Joseph's Coaching. And Facebook, Nick Joseph's. Awesome, man. Dude, thanks a lot for taking the time. Uh, it was a pleasure. It's too bad we couldn't do it in person, but... Uh, yeah. Eventually, you know, we're gonna lift the we're gonna lift the quarantine here at my house too. At some point. <laughs> I can't be doing this all the time, you know. Yeah. Uh, but until the next time, dude. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it, guys. It thank blast. you so much for having me on. It was a blast, man. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, Nick. All thanks, right, Calvin. Bye, bye. Keep, Later, keep boys. It up. Bye. Bye.